It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this 19th of January, a Friday afternoon, we're talking Tigers baseball today with Jason Beck, our Tigers reporter for MLB.com. Jason, as always, we thank you for the time. And I want to touch on a a couple of topics today is obviously it's no secret by this point. The Tigers are rebuilding and their future hinges on some of the marquee prospects they got in return for dealing some uh, veterans uh, last season in 2017, most notably J.D. Martinez and Justin Verlander. So we're going to get your take on the developments uh, this season of both uh, Duel Lugo and Jake Rogers as well. Also dive into the inbox a little bit to see uh, if the Tigers may take a flyer on a kind of a low-risk uh, veteran to stabilize that rotation. Uh, I want to start off by talking about Mr. Lugo and uh, Mr. Rogers. We'll talk about uh, Duel Lugo first as – you know, it, it's kind of a funny thing. The baseball world is still awaiting where the heck is J.D. Martinez going to sign? Is he going to be a Red Sox? Is he going to return to Arizona? But the Tigers have done their part. Uh, they dealt him at his highest value. They got some great prospects in return. I think the centerpiece of that deal was the aforementioned Duel Lugo. A lot of eyes are going to be on him uh, this year. In what ways do you think the Tigers are hoping he continues his development as he continues his pursuit uh, of a big league spot? Well, I think they're hoping that he can continue to hit for some power and become more of an offensive impact player. Uh, that's really what they're missing more than anything in this farm system now are, are uh, impact hitters who can help that offense along more so than, than pitching by far. Um, and when you watch Lugo, when he's on, the ball jumps off his bat and he connects at a, a pretty good rate. So now the question is doing it consistently and also adjusting to more veteran starters, which you, know, you get a taste of that in AAA because you have more, more of those minor league free agents who float around for a lot of years, guys with uh, better secondary stuff than, than maybe the younger pitchers you're more likely to see in AA. Absolutely. And uh, it's kind of a tricky thing, I think, for uh, front offices sometimes when when you are tracking the development of a prospect a hitting prospect in particular because the the saying goes that power is always the last tool to develop you can you can hone your on-base skills and your strike zone recognition skills and all the other attributes that go with that but power is the one thing that you know and may take some guys uh, some time to really you know come into their own in terms of uh, hitting the ball over the fence so is that kind of where the Tigers are at, where they say, okay, you know, we, we want to see a little more pop. We want to see the home run numbers increase. But if they don't, this guy is still so young that it's not something to get that upset about. Is that kind of the, the tricky middle ground that they're in right now? Yeah, I think that's some of it. I, I think you've seen that in other guys who have come up through the system. Not that there's been a ton of those guys in recent years, but you know, Nick Castellanos did not hit for a ton of power his first year or two up even though he clearly was a strong, strong uh, guy at the plate. 
he just it didn't translate into a whole lot of um, home runs, despite a really good line drive rate. That's really come in time as he's learned his approach and, and kind of gotten comfortable with himself as a hitter and gotten comfortable with uh, plate discipline and making more consistent, strong contact. So I, it's a balance the Tigers are striking because they need offense in the worst way. That's really where the bulk of this rebuilding effort is going to be focused because they have a lot of pitching already in the system that's going to be making its way up. On yeah. the other hand, they're looking for athletic-type players mm-hmm. who can fit the profile of Comerica Park, you know, big ballpark where if you've got guys who can run, you can really take advantage of those gaps and get a lot of doubles and triples out of it. Well, you need some power hitters to go with that, and that's where guys like Lugo come in. That's where you know, a guy like Isaac Brady, so I think we talked about uh, last week or the week before, comes in. And that's where Christian Stewart, who I'm going to be writing about soon also, you know, comes into play. They need those guys to consent ball out of the ballpark. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, if the if the home run power isn't there yet, if the loft is not there on the swing, you do want to see, you know, the great line drive rate. You want to see the good exit velocity and more times than not, if you have those assets in your favor and you continue to develop in that way, then the home run power is going to come. So I think there's a more sophisticated approach these days in evaluating young hitters where, you know, it's not the be all end all whether or not they're hitting home runs. It's those other stat cast attributes about, you know, hard hit rate, line drive rate, exit velocity, and then you can assess what type of hitter somebody's going to become. And, uh, you know, hopefully Lugo does reach the heights that are expected of him. Of course, uh, time will tell, as is so often the case. Uh, Jason, the other guy I want to focus on, too, is uh, the main return in the Justin Verlander deal to the Astros at literally the last second uh, last year in August. Uh, That would be... Catcher Jake Rogers, uh, he was well within the top 10 catching prospects in the game, according to our friends at MLBPipeline.com. Still just 22, but I know that uh, they rave about him defensively especially. Uh, Would you say that he's a little more advanced defensively right now than offensively? And then the part B of that question is, could we maybe expect a cup of coffee from him at some point in 2018, or do you think his arrival is still a little bit a little more of a ways off, maybe 2019. Well, when the Tigers acquired him in that Verlander trade, he definitely came over with a reputation as a defense-first catcher. Uh, I haven't seen him play in person yet. I'm looking forward to kind of getting a look at him in the spring training coming up. But um, the strong arm, it really goes back to his reputation in college. And one reason why he was drafted as as high as he was by the Astros was they felt like he could really – do a lot behind the plate more so than at the plate. He's come along a little ways at the plate as, as a hitter uh, over the last year, year and a half. So, and they're hoping that you know, that could continue. I, I think how that come along could really dictate whether he's seen as an everyday catcher or if he ends up being a platoon guy. But uh, they, they really like the idea of, him being able to eventually come in and take a role, whether it's replacing James McCann or complimenting him, depending on what the long-term plans go on with, with, with McCann and how the rebuild goes. Um, I'd be surprised if you see him this coming season. I think it would take some injuries because you know, the Tigers are pretty well set 
behind the plate in Detroit right now, not just with McCann and John Hicks, but you know, they also brought in Derek Morris and Brian Pena on non-roster invites. They have another catching prospect who's going to be most likely opening in Triple uh, A Toledo in uh, Grayson Griner, who they like a lot, a guy who also is, is a pretty good defensive reputation, strong arm, you know, pretty good um, athletic agility for somebody his size. You're talking about like a 6'5", 6'6", catcher, which seems pretty rare. And they, it's almost like watching Joe Mauer with a little bit better defense. But um, it's, I, I think they're going to take their time with Rodgers, partly to because they can, because they have the depth, but also partly because I think they want to give, give him a chance to get comfortable hitting-wise and see some of the same pitchers uh, you know, full-time through and get a full season, season and a half at the plate before uh, he comes up and, and fights for a spot in Detroit. Yeah, and there's some parallels between uh, him and uh, Duel Lugo that we just discussed, you know, whereas with, uh, with hitting prospects, the power is kind of that last tool to develop with catching prospects. It's the defense. It's the game calling. It's the throwing out base runners. Uh, so if those attributes are there at such a young age as they seem to be for Rodgers, who's just 22 years of age, then I think that uh, you know the the upside and the potential is certainly there. Because not that hitting is a skill you learn overnight, but I think that again with catching prospects, the defense comes along more slowly than the offense. But the defense is there for him if he can become a slightly above average better hitter. Then uh, he's going to be an asset in the major leagues for many years to come. Uh, let's dive into the inbox a little bit in these last few minutes, uh, Jason. A number of fans uh, questioning whether the team may take a, a flyer on a, uh, you know, a, a low-risk starter, uh, a guy that's been around, a veteran, to maybe stabilize this rotation a little bit behind the guys like like Fulmer and, and Norris and, and such. Do you see that happening? Do you see them reaching out there and maybe getting a guy that can just have some uh, – that can add some veteran presence to this very young rotation? I think they're open to doing it. In fact, I think they'd like to do it, but it's got to be on their terms. I, you know, I wrote that it seems a little bit less likely that they do anything um, as, as far as like maybe a guaranteed contract. But I think they'd like to do maybe like a uh, non-roster invite or two to bring some guys in to compete. And I think that looked that looked it's called a best to envision. I think when the offseason started, I think we kind of figured that they would have to do some guaranteed contracts to, to pull to pull that off to get the guys in that they wanted. But the longer the slow free agent market goes on, and the more starters you kind of see waiting for things to come together, the more you can see a scenario where a guy on a re- on, on trying to get a rebound. Uh, and turn their careers back around could end up being willing to accept a spot like that. The advantage you have, I think, when you're in a situation like the Tigers, too, is you're more likely to get guys like that on non-rational fights because they look at the roster and they see an easier path to earn a big league spot. Uh, it's something the Tigers I had in, in 2003, 2004, where you were able to get a lot of guys on minor league deals because they felt like that 
even if they didn't make the team out of spring training, that given the struggles, that they would be up there eventually as long as they did their part in Triple A. So I think that that's the path I can see the Tigers taking to get a little bit more pigeon depth. I know, you know General Manager Alvarez emphasized that they need to have depth in the starters, and they don't have quite the same level of that that they did last year. And you know, with some guys gone and some other guys out of options, you know, they have to protect themselves against injuries, against inconsistencies with guys like Daniel Morris and Matthew Boyd, and, and, and against the possibility of trading down there. Yeah, and like you said, you know, rebuilding does have its advantages where a veteran can say, you know what, I can step into this situation. I know I'm going to get my starts. I'm going to get my innings. I'm going to get my appearances because, you know, there is an opportunity for me, whereas with other teams, if they're kind of set in their pitching ranks, it'd be tougher to, to kind of, you know, crack that rotation or crack that bullpen. But the Tigers, at least, you know, to some extent, not exactly in that position. Maybe there is a spot. Maybe there's some innings to be eaten up by a veteran, and uh, we'll see what develops in the coming weeks. Good place to wrap it up for this Friday with uh, Jason Beck. Jason, we thank you as always for the time, and we'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.